0: Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you from the staff uh, for the generous uh, Christmas gift that you guys gave us. Uh, it, every, it just blows my mind and uh, we're very appreciative and thankful and it's just an honor to be able to serve you and to be part of this family. And uh, so we just want to say thank you. Um, I, don't, I don't know what kind of week you had, or are having even still. Um, I, I've had a week that has just felt distracting. Anyone else? Um, just have felt very distracted. Uh, I normally, I'm always thinking ahead about sermons and what's coming up and where we've gotta be. And, and uh, we've got pretty much every week, except for what, maybe two, I think, planned out through Easter at this point. Uh, but we're always still praying about them and stuff. And this week, usually Thursday is my main study day. That's when I sit down and say, okay, this is the study day. And man, I just was frustrated and distracted and all day long. And and I was actually here. Normally I don't come in here. Normally I go other places. But I just, I came in here and finally Chris was like, go for a walk because that's what I like to do. I like to walk and but I said, "Now nah, I think I'm going to go for a drive and then I was driving and I drove by Planet Fitness and I'm like, man, I haven't been there in two months. Um, so I went for a workout and even last night as I finalized things and put things in my note cards and I was still distracted. And so I, this time of year, we have a lot going on. Who's got a lot going on? Who, who's like, I got nothing. I'm just totally relaxed and good. Some of you guys like, yeah, you know. Um, But there's a lot of distractions. A lot of distractions. And we tend to carry those distractions wherever we go with us. And so I think the worship team, the music team has done a wonderful job so far this morning. And the song that they were supposed to have just sung was really good too. Um, We'll we'll sing it. We'll sing it. But I just want to invite you to just lay those distractions at, at the foot of the cross. And, I, and I, I hope that you've already had a chance to do that, but to continue to do that. Because um, God holds all of it in his hands. And he wants to take those distractions so we can truly focus in on him this morning. Father, we thank you for your love for us. And we thank you that we have this opportunity to worship. And, and we thank you that you, you love us deeper than we can understand. deeper than we can understand. You care about us. You care about what's going on. You care about what's um, dominating our thoughts and our minds. And and so Lord, I pray right now that you will allow us to uh, just let go of those things and truly focus in on you. Lord, I, I just ask that this would be an intimate time for each of us, individually, but also corporately as a body. So we look into your word. Lord, open our ears and our hearts and our minds and our hearts to receive from you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is week four of Advent. We are, we are looking at the, week four is love, represents love, and, and I said this in the first service that, you know, really to me we have, we have hope and peace and joy, and then there's love that encompasses all of those, and really the Christ candle, you know, that we'll do Christmas Eve is really the culmination of all of that, but, you know, God is love, and so we celebrate God's love today. Uh, last week as we've been walking through these different Christmas carols we looked at Hark the Herald Angels Sing and this week we're going to look at God Rest You Merry Gentlemen which is the song we're going to sing. We still, we'll sing it. We'll we'll still sing it because it's, it's just, it's so good but we're going to walk through it first. Uh, a little bit of history on the song. Not sure who wrote this song. Uh, Not sure when the song was written. Uh, We don't know if it was a guy. Don't know if it was a lady. uh, Don't know how old they were. Uh, The earliest record uh, of the song is from the 1650s. That's going back a little bit. Anyone remember those? Anyone remember those dates? Okay. Okay. Uh, It was a bit different than it is now than when it was originally recorded and and I don't mean recorded like they went and made a record, but I mean originally written down or known about uh, its changed throughout the years, both lyrically and the tune. Um, So the original was 1650s. The next recorded, actually printed version of the song uh, was found in uh, 1760. So that's 110 years later, yet it still sounds like a long time ago, right? Uh, A London periodical entitled The Monthly Review referenced the song in uh, its November 1764 uh, edition. The historic meaning of the phrase, God rest you Mary, is uh, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, is may God grant you peace and happiness. May God grant you peace and happiness. And so that's what the phrase is. And, I, and I'll say this, that the Mary goes with the first part, not with the gentleman, okay? It's not saying, you know, God rest you happy gentlemen. That's not what it's saying. It's saying, God grant you peace and happiness, dudes, or folks, or people, okay? That's, that's what it's saying. Um, the Oxford English Dictionary ha- actually had this phrase phrase recorded as early as 1534. God rest you, merry gentlemen, 1534. That's a long time ago. And um, Shakespeare, in his play, As You Like It, written in 1599, actually uses that phrase. So we don't know if that phrase caused the song or if the song came from or you know, if the use of this phrase came because the song had been written, but it had been a while. Uh, some versions give the pronoun in the first line as ye. I didn't say yeet for you young people. I said ye. Um, but ye instead of you. And according to language rules, which I don't completely understand, I moved around a lot. I've mentioned this and I happened to hit, I hit uh, literature every year of high school and I never had grammar. So you probably sometimes go, we can tell by the way you talk. Uh, I never had grammar. When I got to freshman comp and they started talking about diagramming sentences, I had no clue what they were talking about. But according to language rules, ye would be incorrect and that you would actually be the correct way to say it. So there you go. Uh, There are three most recognized versions of this song Um, I've always thought it's the kind of song that every time I sing it do I ever sing it the same way twice because of that Uh, but there are three most recognized one is from The Beauty of the Magazines written in 1775 and there's a there's the song is written there with five stanzas. Uh, The Christmas Carol's Ancient and Modern written in 1833 ancient and modern in 1833, uh, by W.B. Sandys included the song, and there were seven stanzas to the song. And then in 1961, there's carols for choirs, again, five stanzas. Uh, That five, those five stanzas, not the same as the five stanzas from 1775. However, the seven stanza one includes all of the stanzas. So they're all there. So that's actually the one we're going to look at today uh, lyrically. As, we, as I'm going to read these lyrics. So I'm going to take some time. Pull this up and read the one from 1833. God rest you, merry gentlemen. I said you. God rest you, merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay, for Christ, Jesus Christ our Savior was born upon this day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. O tidings of comfort and joy, for Jesus Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. In Bethlehem in Jury, this blessed babe was born and laid within a manger upon this blessed morn. The which his mother Mary, nothing did take in scorn. O tidings of comfort and joy, for Jesus Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. From God our Heavenly Father, a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same. How that in Bethlehem was born, the Son of God by name. O tidings of comfort and joy, for Jesus Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. Fear not, then said the angel, let nothing you affright. This day is born a Savior of virtue, power, and might, so frequently to vanquish all the friends of Satan quite. O tidings of comfort and joy, for Jesus Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. The shepherds at those tidings rejoiced much in mind and let their flocks a feeding in tempest, storm, and wind and went to Bethlehem straightway this blessed babe to find. O tidings of comfort and joy, for Jesus Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. But then to Bethlehem they came, where as this infant lay, they found him in a manger where oxen feed on hay. His mother Mary kneeling unto the Lord did pray. O tidings of comfort and joy, for Jesus Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. Now to the Lord sing praises all you within this place and with true love and brotherhood each other now embrace this holy tide of Christmas all other doth deface. O tidings of comfort and joy for Jesus Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. That's all seven stanzas. Verses. However you want to say it. Um, It's interesting. The different Whenever a song is written differently than the original, it's known as a parody. And we often think of parodies as, as funny or, you know, whatever, and you might even have a certain parody running in your head right now as a result of me saying parody. Uh, so all of these, any version that's different is just known as a parody. And so here's a song that was written, we don't know how long ago. Many different versions. Many different words. and we have to stop and think it's not new. It's not new. Songs have been being changed all throughout the years. Does anyone say like, wait, these aren't the words to this song that I remember. This isn't how that song goes. It's been going on for centuries. And, and the the coolest thing that I like about this and even these different carols that we've taken time to look at is the reality that it's obvious that this was written by a believer in Jesus Christ. Amen. I, I, this wouldn't have been written by someone that, doesn't, that didn't know, doesn't know, didn't know Jesus. And so I believe when this happens, it's because God, their relationship, their communing with Jesus has led them to do this. I, have I said I like music? I yeah. <laughs> love it. Because people can express things to God in worship that is just so... And it it allows us together to participate in ways that we don't participate necessarily on our own. And we weren't meant to do this alone. We were meant to do this together. We have our relationship with Jesus, but that's just an aspect of all of what Christianity really is about. We all... Commune with Jesus, but if we're just doing it by ourselves, we're missing out on so much more. And to me, that's what music allows us to do. It gives us the chance to do this together. One of my favorite things about listening, about singing music is standing here and being up front, and I don't sing all the songs because I know I've got to talk for 30 minutes, uh, but instead, I, I listen a lot of times to you guys sing. And I enjoy listening to you guys sing. Enjoy listening to you sing. It, not necessarily because everyone has great voices, but because it's your expression of worship to our God that we worship together. We, we pray, we often pray quietly. We, I, I don't hear that expression all the time. So it, sometimes we pray there's just murmurings and I just love even listening to the murmurings. Sometimes I'm listening to the murmurings and I get caught up and i are like, okay, the murmurings are getting quieter. It's time for you to pray. But I love hearing other believers worship and pray together because that's what God calls us to do. And so when I think about these different songs, these different Christmas carols, you know, that's what it brings out. This is, this is someone who, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, wrote these words down and this song has lasted centuries. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that this song has lasted so long. So there's three main things that, that stand out to me that I just want to hit on this morning that I, that I think we see here in this song. And the first one is this. We get to tell the story. We get to tell the story. Uh, this carol lays out the Christmas story quite well, doesn't it? It lays it out. Uh, It says, May God grant you peace and happiness, folks. Don't let anything bring you down because Jesus our Savior was born on this day. The guy, or lady, could have written that line right there and been done. Because to me, right there, that says, listen, God wants to give you peace and happiness. He doesn't want anything to bring you down because Jesus was born. Because God sent His Son to live in this earth. I mean, that, that should be enough. We should be encouraged by that alone. If that doesn't get us excited, then, uh, then we might have to stop and see what's going on inside here. But then he goes on. He says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He was laid in a manger by his mother Mary. The Heavenly Father sent an angel to proclaim to the shepherds, the Son of God has been born. The angel announces that there is no need to be afraid. And with the news that the shepherds learn, they leave their flocks and they go to Bethlehem and they find the baby Jesus. When they arrive, there's Jesus laying in a manger. His mom is praying to the Lord. There it is. That's the story. It's a great story. It's a great story. I encourage you to come. Friday night, Christmas Eve service at 5.30, we're going to walk through the story scripturally even more thoroughly than just that. We're going to walk through it. And experience the story of Jesus coming to this earth, of Jesus being born. When I think about the scriptural story, there, there's one person that I, that I think of uh, that kind of stands out, and it's, and it's a person who asks this question, um, was in a dilemma, was having a distracted Christmas, was things were not going his way, and he finally just throws everything down and cries out, can anyone tell me what Christmas is all about? Does anyone know who I'm talking about? Talking about Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. Can anyone tell me what Christmas is all about? And then the great theologian, Linus, steps up and answers the question. Says, sure, Charlie Brown. And he quotes Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And he tells the story. He tells the story. Just like this song tells the story, Linus steps up and tells the story. And at the end of quoting those verses, he says, and that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. We get to tell the story. But I want to ask this question. Does the majesty of this story still grab you? Does the majesty of the story still grab you? Because this is an amazing story. And when we get to hear the story, it should be something that's, that grabs us and holds us and excites us because of what it's, because of the reason, because of who this is, because this is an incredible story. And we still hold on to this incredible story i got to be honest, in, in all of this and thinking about this and praying, I realized, you know, I haven't stopped and read this story yet this Christmas. I hadn't done it. I could tell the story. I've read it plenty of times. I know the story. I could tell the story, but I still hadn't taken time to stop and read the story. Have you taken time to stop and read this story yet this year? I encourage you, if you haven't, to do so. I encourage you, if you have, do it again because it's an amazing story. Uh, we have some traditions at our house, uh, and you, you, when you get married, you, you bring your traditions that you had growing up, and your spouse's traditions, and you do those. Jessica had her traditions, because her dad being from Argentina, they had certain traditions that they did, and my family, we had certain traditions, and so when you come together as a married couple, you, you learn to fit those traditions perfectly together so that they all work, right? the way we did it was we just did what Jessica said. And um, it worked out really well. Uh, worked out really well. Um, but with them, they grew up doing their Christmas presents. I mean, we, we did, on Christmas Eve, we got to open one present from our grandparents. Anyone? Anyone? Something like that. You know, and uh, so we got to open one from our grandparents. That's how it was for us growing up. Um, Jessica's family, they, they did a little bit different. They would just stay up till midnight because at 12.01, guess what it is? It's Christmas, so let's open presents, right? Right? Who says that's a good idea? Who, what kids are right now saying, hey, mom and dad, can we try something new this year? But guess what next morning? Kids already have their presents. They can get up, start playing. Mom and dad get to sleep. That's a good idea. So anyway, that's how we've done it, but actually at midnight what we don't do, we don't just start opening the presents. What we do is we stop and read the story we read the story. Because that's why we're doing any of it. And the way we started doing our presents very on with the, with the kids very early on was they get three presents because Jesus got three presents. Who do you think you are that you get more than Jesus? So we always did three presents and we'd read the story and then we would open them. The coolest thing to me though, the coolest thing was the first time, and it was probably Brandon, just because he was the oldest. But the first time they said, "Dad, can I read the story this year?" It's so cool, because now they're not just being forced to listen to the story before they open their presents. They want to read the story, and, and, and there's been a different year where each of them have wanted to read it, and they've taken that time to read it. And so I want to encourage you guys: read the story, read the story, and and if the majesty of the story doesn't grab you that ask God to reveal the majesty of the story again. Make that fresh. Ask for that fresh majesty of this story and read it again and read it again because it's an incredible story because I believe it's at that point when we have the majesty of the story and we've read it that now we get to tell the story and we will tell the story that we get to be align us. And we get to be the one that shares it with someone else. Have we done that this year? I I hope that we would desire to want to tell the story to other people. And not just other believers. Other believers, yes. But people that don't even know the majesty of the story. They think they know. (laughs) I want, I needed a cold drink. Jessica always has coffee ready. I had coffee. And on the way here, I was like, I need a cold, something cold this morning to drink before I drink coffee. So I had to stop at Walmart. And Walmart was already playing the Christmas music. It was nice and loud. And we can take this song. It's easy to talk about the Christmas carols. And here's one that just tells the story for us. The second thing I hear is we get to encourage each other. We get to encourage each other. Um, the first two lines that we read in this. Um, where'd I go? I've lost my. May God grant you peace and in, 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 in happiness. All right, I'm going to do this. Sorry, I've lost my place. The first two lines. God rest you, married gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. It's encouraging. It's encouraging to us. The last stanza says this. Now to the Lord sing praises all you within this place and with true love and brotherhood each other now embrace. We get the opportunity to encourage each other. The, the very first two lines are encouraging but then this last stanza to me very encouraging. The, um, the 1775 version has this as its last stanza. And so does, so does, uh, so does the 1961. I love that this one was capped. I love that this one, as a matter of fact, the version we sing has this stanza that we're going to sing here in a little bit. Now to the Lord sing praises all you within this place and with the true love and brotherhood each other now embrace. Last week we said sing, and here it is again. Sing praises. We get to sing, but it's not just about singing to God. It's about encouraging each other. It's about encouraging each other. As I said, I love to hear you guys sing. I love to hear. It's encouraging to me. I need to hear that from you guys. And I hope that you are looking to encourage other people (laughs) Not only that, uh, it says to hug each other. With true love and brotherhood, each other now embrace. Who needs a hug this morning? I, I think more than we realize we need most of the time. Before we go today, hug someone. Tell you what, hug ten someones. How's that sound? Petey has a question. So if I was here first service, would I, mean I have 20? That's 20, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he asked if he was here for first service if he's at 20. I said yes. All right. Petey needs 20 hugs, okay? Go, go. At he's at nine. <laughs> Dude, that was your opportunity to say I'm still at zero. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> if you need a hug, hug each other. God, this is who we're meant to be. Now some of you are like, wait a minute, I'm not ready for a hug. Or there's sickness going around. Just turn your head to the side. It's okay. It's okay. Romans 1, 11 and 12 says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Paul looked forward to being with the Romans because he wanted to make them strong. He says that is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. That's what we do. And i tell you, as we tell the story, that, that's what we get to do, is we encourage each other. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just in fact as you are doing. Are we doing that? Are we building each other up? This time of year can be tough, can it? There can be stuff that's hard. Are we encouraging each other? Are we building each other up? Hebrews 3.13, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness how often few of her few of you are still awake how often daily, daily. is today called today yeah. today's the day to do it we encourage each other sometimes encouragement is just a hug <laughs> And that encouragement will keep us from being hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You might help someone walk in holiness by encouraging them. That's a pretty amazing thought. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some in the habit are doing, but encouraging one one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Capital D, day. Is that day approaching? Is that day approaching? Then all the more. All the more we should be encouraging each other. All the more. And it's, it's about love. Uh, uh, It's, it says in here, with true love and brotherhood, we love each other. The third thing I see here is that we get to walk in victory. We get to walk in victory. Jesus is our deliverer. Amen? Amen? Jesus is our deliverer. The first verse. For Jesus Christ our Savior was born upon this day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. It's the fulfillment of prophecy. We're all the way back to week one. The very first week we talked about Genesis chapter 3 and sin entered this world. Sin entered this world. And yet this song now reminds us why Jesus came. Jesus came to defeat that sin. Jesus came to defeat that sin. The fourth verse. This day is born a Savior out of virtue, power, and might. That's the baby. That's the baby we're talking about. Baby born. Savior, virtue, power, and might. So frequently to vanquish all the friends of Satan quite. He came to defeat the enemy. He came to defeat sin. He came to defeat all of that. He came to restore our relationship with God and give us victory. Do we walk in that victory? Do we walk in that victory? 1 John 3, 7 and 8 says, "Dear, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. That's why Jesus came, was to destroy that. Do we walk in that victory? Do, Do we truly believe that we are, that our sins are forgiven? Or do we let the enemy have power over us when we stumble, when we fall, and he keeps us down and it doesn't allow us to move forward in the direction that God's calling us to go. Do you realize right now that your next sin is already forgiven? Your next sin is already forgiven. This is what it says. It, Colossians, Colossians chapter 2, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your faith, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins. All of them. All of them. That means the next one that we the next time we sin, it's it's forgiven. Because he forgives all of our sins. Do we walk in that or are we gonna let that sin burden us and take us down? Now I'm not saying that we don't have to repent, that we don't have to go to God and say, I messed up, I'm sorry. Help me move forward. It doesn't mean that our next sin might not bring consequences okay but it is forgiven it is forgiven Have you ever had a? you ever had one of your kids (laughs) break a rule and come to you and tell you before you even knew or 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 you knew and they've come to you and you know that there's a true heart of repentance in them how have you accepted them how did you treat them? I loved them. I hugged them. They did not have to convince me to forgive them. I wanted to let them know it was going to be okay. That's what God does for us. We're forgiven. Do we walk in that victory? Do we walk in that forgiveness? I've got to finish these verses. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And He has disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public, public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. That's what God has done to Satan. That's what God has done for sin. We walk in that victory. Do we walk in that victory? Do we walk delivered from eternal separation from God? Do we walk delivered from the penalty of sin? Do we walk delivered from being mastered by sin? We walking in victory? Maybe this morning you're saying, I need to reclaim that victory. Maybe there's something in your life that's holding on to you from the enemy. That's of the enemy. And you say, I I need to reclaim the victory. I don't know where you're at this morning. I I don't know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, but I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening to whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Have you read the story? Are you holding on to the majesty of the story? Are you telling the story? Are you being Linus? Tell the story there's people out there that think they know the story but they don't and they need to hear the story we need to tell the story are we encouraging each other Are we being encouraged to each other encourage someone for you I have a pastor friend every time I'm with him he just starts talking to me. he just starts, man you're doing you're great you're you're so good at this you're so he he just builds me up the whole time I'm with him by the time I'm done I'm like did I compliment him once <laughs> he's just so good at it I'm like I want to be like that I want to encourage people like that. Are we encouraging? Are we looking for opportunities to encourage people? We're giving people just a hug. Hug can go a long way. Embrace. Are we walking in victory? I'm going to say this right now. If you feel defeated in any way, you have the opportunity this morning to reclaim victory. If if there's a sin, if, if Satan's got a foothold, something's going on, this morning, this morning, come and repent. You're forgiven. God's already forgiven you. You're washed white as snow. Come and repent. If you want one of us to pray for you, elders pray for you, as we sing these songs, come, the altar's open, come and let us, let us pray for you. And If you can't do it here, then come to the prayer room afterwards. The elders are going to be there right back here through that, those doors and, and, and pray. Reclaim the victory. We're forgiven. Let's stand. Father, We thank you. We thank you that you love us, that you've forgiven us, that you've sent your son. Help us to tell the story. Father, help us to walk in that victory. Help us to be encouragers of each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.